Shay. And we're so happy to be back with you this week. And we have lots of uh, fun stuff. Yeah. Like, for instance, the uh, if you haven't been by Facebook.com slash Funny Parents, uh, the journaling par- pages we were talking about are up. And they're soon to be joined in like a week and a half with February. So I put something up at the beginning of the next month when you're supposed to go back and journal for the month previous so that you can remember all the amazing things you did in your home. Yes. <laughs> in the last month. Because we're all stuck at home. Yes. Uh, but speaking of homes, yes. uh, we were looking at all the cities that listen. That you're, that you're listening from. And, you know, uh, obviously there are a number of people who listen from large cities and uh, Chicago and Atlanta. And we want to say hello to you. Uh, we're also, it's always neat to see uh, folks in Nina, Wisconsin, or Hedinger, North Dakota, or Cabot, Arkansas listening to our show and so thank you so much for listening i hope you're enjoying it and obviously we have a lot of listeners who are in big cities in texas and uh we are absolutely thinking of you yes we hope you are safe we know you're going through it right now and we really are hoping that you will see light at the end of the tunnel we went through something similar here with hurricane sandy and it's it's yeah it you can't see the end and it will come. It will come. Yeah. yeah. Hang in there, please. Absolutely. Um, today, yes. we actually have a little bit of a different episode. Yes, it is very much of a different episode uh, because our guest is a, <laughs> is a different person. She's a one of a kind. She is an absolute one of a kind. We uh, are talking to the legendary Susan Messing. Yes. And uh, Susan, instead of sharing a, a single parenting story or two parenting stories, uh, she shared what she called the arc of a child. And it's a great way to describe it. Her daughter, Sophia, is uh, just about to uh, go to college. And, uh, and Sophia was also the baby who was in improv, you know, uh, the baby who was at, if you were around an improv event there was Sophia and uh, and of course her mom was very much what did you call her the godmother of she's Chicago go- improv yeah she's the godmother of Chicago improv she's second city founder of the annoyance all these great things um but for someone like me and a lot of people of my era uh she was sort of the only woman that we had to really look up to mm-hmm. um and so she was the one I looked up to tremendously and she nurtured and fostered more environments for women in comedy and uh, she did a phenomenal job of it and now she's raised a phenomenal yeah wonderful human being Uh, and you're going to hear a lot of little things about Sophia who I also want to point out Sophia's father is Joe Canale from episode one absolutely in fact Sophia as as a character if you will makes a cameo in that first episode I love that you call her a character Yes. The character played by... <laughs> yes, played by herself. Yes, you, you hear about Sophia in our very first episode, and, uh, and now here she is, about to go off to college. It's kind of amazing. We should also note that this is at a time when Sophia and Susan are going through a, a time of loss. Uh, Susan's husband, Sophia's stepfather, 
Michael McCarthy uh, passed away this past year um, after a long battle with cancer, and uh, and you will you will hear about uh, him. He w- he was amazing in his. I wish we could have had him on the oh show. Oh gosh, yes. Um, SNL uh, writer for SNL writer Sesame for Sesame Street. Street. Yes, uh, and and list goes on and on. Uh, so you'll hear a little bit about that. You'll hear about college. You'll hear about snack delivery. <laughs> but one of the things that I love listening to this story, particularly, is that many of us, many of our listeners and ourselves, have young kids. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to see the forest through the trees. Uh, and Susan's at a point with her daughter that she sees the forest through the trees. Yeah. And it's very exciting for us to listen in and see this child that we've known for so long, sort of as she becomes an adult yeah um and then as we send you off to susan i will warn you susan's got a bit of a potty mouth uh (laughs) this is actually really good for susan yes but uh there are some just be aware colorful words so you might want headphones if the littles are around enjoy that and then the fourth one was wesleyan which she knows absolutely nothing about bizarre bizarre (laughs) absolutely bizarre and then she said to me at one point when she was applying she's like do i have to go to tufts and i said do you want to go to tufts she said no and i said well then don't apply she did the same thing for barnard do i have to go to barnard i'm I'm looking at her like child you have every choice in the world don't apply that's why we ended up with with four schools because she's like do i have to go to oberlin i've already applied to bard i'm like no you don't have to (laughs) college is a choice not 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 a punishment oh my god it's not a sentence like okay you have to do four years here kid I know, and, but I did try to like clean it up for her by saying, look, if you, you know, I said, wherever you land, you're going to be happy. And if you're not happy, then you can always transfer. I know so many people who I find out that they didn't go to the school that they graduated from for the first two years. That's fine. It's totally yeah. fine. I want her to be happy where she lands. And it's a weird year because of an international pandemic. SATs mm-hmm. and ACTs are optional. And so she didn't take them, which was probably good because she could have taken them in October and two people got tested positive for COVID <gasps> at her school when they wow. when they took it. And then she only needs the SATs to graduate. So good luck on those scores. And There's a school here in Chicago that somebody's like, oh, it's just a wonderful school. And it's not a Montessori school. That's where Sophia went to preschool, which I loved because, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember when we toured it when Sophia was two, uh, there was just a bunch of tiny people sitting at a table, concentrating so hard on trying to eat Cheerios and milk out of a bowl. Like they were like seriously into their own <laughs> problem solving of eating. And and yeah. Joe looked at me and he said, she's not going to do that. And I said, oh, yeah, she is. And <laughs> yes, she was eating at the table within a, you know, a half a year. And, and even then I, I, I noticed that it, it taught them independent thinking, critical skills, so Sophia could play by herself for a while. I mean, you know, and then I, mm-hmm. I went, okay, the child needs to be socialized because everybody's at the water table by themselves. So so I thought, let's bring her in with other people. So there's the Chicago public school system for you, which really yeah. is a crapshoot of good and bad, you know. Mm-hmm. 
she's a musical theater major. And I was like, ew. I was like, I don't want her to be a musical theater major in high school. And my friend Mark Bracken, who teaches there, said, yes, you do. Because I, if she ends up being amazing at this, she'll get into any college if she wants to continue in a conservatory setting. And if mm-hmm. she, and, and otherwise she gets it out of her system. So you don't have to pay for that for college. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, that's a great way to think about it. I, all yeah. you have to do is bend my brain and I'll think of something new. That's why I make a terrible lawyer. I just I feel like you've got a point there. Yeah. It's, it's, not good. it's not good. That seems totally reasonable. Let's go with that. Yeah. Yeah. She was, I think she spent more time comforting me than I did her. And I was like, oh, this is not okay. Balance, balance. I remember one time I think I had the flu and um, I was, I was pretty damn sick in a bathroom and Sophia toddled in and she was still in a diaper. So she must've been like 15, 16 months. And she kept patting my leg and saying, it's okay, mama. And I'm like, no, my job is to comfort you, not the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the COVID thing, are your kids becoming more like, I don't want to say clingy, but lovey? Because my daughter oh. is like, if she could, she would try to get back into my my stomach if she could. <laughs> she, really. She, yeah, I wake up and she's crawling in my bed. This child is 18. I'm loving it. But maybe yeah. it's just because it's, it's so transitory. Mm. Yeah. No, it's I funny. I hope it's not just the COVID thing. Our big guy... Um, has always been a cuddly sort of guy. I will say this last couple of months, he's been extremely cuddly. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yeah. yeah. Um, and our little guy as well. Uh, you know, that's his standard move on a weekend morning is to climb into bed with us. Um, which is great. Yeah. Um, I just wish it was later, but I, I, I will say, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, Definitely earlier than we would like to rise. Yeah, I've, I've had, yeah. I had to say to Sophia when she was little, I said, "When the clock says six three zero, you can come into bed with Mama." But before then, <laughs> you're going to practice your Montessori skills, aren't you? <laughs> Go play with yourself. <laughs> She's a child that a lot of people mark time with uh, mm-hmm. because. I was very, very at the end of my generation. I made one baby before I clot. And, uh, and then it was way <laughs> early in your generation. I, she must have been easily the first baby of your generation. Totally. So oh, sure. yeah. a, a lot of people mark time with this child. And I think I don't, I, you know, it's almost like a wash of all of it. She's just always been, um, and I don't say this because she's mine, because if, because if she were hateful, I'd be like, my daughter can't city, but I love her. You know what I mean? Like I, I like she, she really is. Um, she's very unique. She's very, she's always had a very um, distinct empathy for the world yeah. and feels things very, very deeply. And I remember even her as three at three years old, when we had a party here for her birthday, her walking around and checking in with all the adults uh, to make sure that they were okay and having a good time at the party. Uh, that's oh just Sophia. Also, when she was two, two years old, she was on the she was practicing being on the potty, and mm-hmm. uh, she started singing. And I called up Sharna because her voice really has been angelic since she was tiny. And uh-huh. granted, Sharna can't really hear well, but Sharna was like, <laughs> Sharna said, "Why are you making me listen to the radio?" And I'm like, that's not oh. the radio. That's my daughter. And so she has also had um, quite a gift 
a very strange gift of of this grown up mature voice coming out of this little tiny creature um and you know when you're in the arts you try not to when you have a kid who also is interested in the arts you try not to i try not to push it i i can't even mm-hmm. imagine pushing her because i didn't want her joy to become something that ended up being i don't know a, a, job. I just, I couldn't imagine making her a child actor or a child singer. It just was creepy to me. Um, so I, you know, get that out of the way in camp, decide when you're an adult, but it's obvious since she's been very little that, um, she's really had a gift. And I've always said to her, I don't care if you sing in front of a campfire or thousands of people, it's a gift. And, um, if it brings you joy, believe me, it's bringing everybody else joy. So I get very excited as she writes more music and she just teaches herself how to, you know, I, I turned to her the other day, she was just playing something on the guitar. And I said, you know, you took lessons for like two years, everything else you are doing with this guitar, you have taught yourself. And she went online. That's how she learned how to play the uke. I mean, wow. and other instruments, it was just bizarre how how um this is like i said this is not a story story it's an arc of a child who as you watch her grow up and i mean she is suffering right now i think a lot because i think she and i are having obviously different kinds of grief um in terms of michael and but she's mm-hmm. a child who's advocated for herself as well she has said what she needs and thankfully has had the words to do that so that i can support her in her ride but a lot of anxiety and as um, a doctor said to me, she's humming on a low vibration of despair right now, but she would not want to, you know, it was a, wonderful to hear, always uplifting. Um, yes. I was like, oh, help her, you know, like my child, <laughs> give her the medicine, um, whatever she needs. But at the same time, you know, this is such an anxious generation but she still wants to go to college. Like even if it was sitting in a dorm with a mask over your face, she, she wants to go and I want her to, because I, I just want to, I, I want to support her independence and her joy and her creation. And she's just been the easiest child. I, I, I guess for me, I don't know, I guess, you know, whatever you're handed, you go, this is what I can handle. But I, I think yeah. maybe because I've struggled in some areas of my life. Um, I think that, I was given a really easy for me child. Um, you know, I, I can't, I can't explain it any other way than to yeah, say that totally. she has been um, a real gem. And because she has had the words to describe where she is, I've been able to offer her support wherever she needs it. And she's just a good human being. She's got a real solid streak of justice. She makes me laugh more than anyone. She's so effing funny. And oh my God, she's so funny. But <laughs> she's so funny. But but she doesn't but her funny is like dry. You know, mine is yeah. weird. And she doesn't she doesn't think she probably doesn't think I'm that funny. As a matter of fact, she said, When can I see your show? And I said, when I'm dead, um, you know, I, I don't want her to see my stuff. She's going to be yeah. like, I'm disgusted with you. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. I mean, she occasionally hears me teaching, you know, online and she's like, Oh, that's sweet. And she wrote me, she wrote me such a nice letter for my birthday that I actually framed it. Cause I was like, okay, oh. 
this is never going to happen again. Or you can show it to her later. And go, Remember when you felt this way about me, child? No, but she's, I, I don't have a, I mean, maybe when we speak, I'll think of specific stories, but she is just a child that people have marked time with. And, um, yeah. and, and they freak out when they find out that she's 18. They're like, what? But, you know, because she used to like do things like when Kate Duffy stayed here for a while, she was healing from a breakup and she actually stayed in my king size bed. And Sophia showed up at age four naked at the side of the bed with a little tray with like cut up bananas and oranges and stuff with, they all had toothpicks in it and some yogurt. I think she put yogurt on the plate and Kate Duffy will never forget that Sophia was naked at the side of the bed offering her breakfast. Um, There's a lot of that. There's so many of those uh, conversations that just show up. So that is just a tiny taste of who Sophia can be and what a good hostess she is. (laughs) Wow. That is, that that is really, I mean, she is the next. There really is only one Susan Messel. <laughs> uh, and this, yeah. this is so special to me because we're all in the thick of it. And it's hard to see how special these little moments that we have every day are. Yeah. And to hear her talk about her daughter going off to college, it makes me realize someday I'm going to really look back fondly on the fact that Colin comes in and wakes us up yep. at an ungodly hour. <laughs> Almost every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. And uh, again, stay safe, healthy, where you are.